my city, home, home for my city, and I am Mitchell Kaminsky. We're back. We are also back at Bradley University. We have we have we have survived the, the Marianos yeah. and WCGS working Christmas break. And now we're surviving our classes uh, in what I will say is a very nice fraternity building. So, for those of you listening, new venue means anyone can come in my door, theoretically. So, we might have interruptions. We we might, Just, but it is a nice uh, venue. It was popping in here earlier. You should see the lights set up. Yeah, he's got in this room. Uh, with the speakers. Yeah. it's pretty. He's got surround sound. Surround sound. We've got, we got four speakers, a subwoofer, and a summer console. It's nice in here. Well, it's speaking nice of getting back, I was doing some Big J journalism Big J for journalism. you all, like I tend to do. And I took a trip up to SoxFest <laughs> this weekend uh, to get a scoop on a new team that's really been one of the uh, big headlines from the offseason. So yeah. just a couple of my takeaways from it, and I, I want to hear your reaction, was first, I think, just as a Chicago thing, one of the things that was a common theme uh, was... Uh, well, not really. It's not really a Chicago thing, but a common theme that came up and has been coming up around baseball that you really can't avoid was the Houston Astros. Yes, sir. They came up a lot. Uh, first off, uh, Don Cooper, the pitching coach for them, uh, he he went on a little bit of a rant uh, near one of those seminars. He can get a big long-winded anyway. Yeah. Like, he's one of those guys that you'll ask one of like they had Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech, who are two of the pitchers that are going to be in the rotation this year. And so like one of the fans would like ask one of them a question. And then Don Cooper, oh, 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 let, let me interrupt there, and then go on some long-winded answer and hijack. He likes to hear himself talk. Yeah. But the Astros thing came, and he was especially passionate about it. Um, and his big thing was, like, if you're, like, a 21-year-old kid that's just trying to figure out how to stay in the major leagues, and the Astros are lighting you up yes. uh, because they know the signs, that's not really fair. Uh, so he was saying like that he thinks they should have had some international signing bonus money taken away. So as for much of a yeah. rant he had, I think that's fair, but like I feel like that's still fairly light. Yeah, but um, that was his big one. Well, we'll going kind of going off that, and I'll let you get to the rest yeah, of the points. Yeah. There was the the uh, the Braves. Um, I'm totally blanking on the story. Actually, you keep talking. I'm gonna look it up before right. I say anything. Well, going off that, Steve Ciszek uh was also there, the former Cub, uh, and he said he would rather face. And I've heard this from a couple different pitchers now, yes, but he said yes. it was like he said he would rather face uh someone that's on the juice. And someone that knows uh, his signs. Because in his words, at least someone on the juice, they still have to hit the ball. Yeah. Where it's a lot easier to just sit back on that fastball and uh, tee up. And Yasmani, or uh, yeah, Yasmani Grandal, he was obviously on the Dodgers uh, the year that uh, the sign, the, the scandal came out in 2017. And he said, like, flat out, he's like, look, I think we got a World Series stolen from us. So uh, definitely a lot of, uh, it was definitely a big storyline going throughout the week. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, what I was referring to is uh, Freddie Freeman on the Braves, because everyone um, is doing their version of Sox Fest right around now. Um, and the Braves had theirs, and he was in an interview, yeah. and he was asked about it. He talked about a, um, a pitcher, Chris Medlin, I believe it was, because, um, yeah, so he was in, he had been in the league for a while, trying to come back, uh, and then he went against the Astros, got absolutely torched, um, and then... That was kind of his comeback tour had started, got lit up against the Astros, and then he um, retired shortly after that, yep. as he thought 
I don't. I guess I just don't have anything left in the tank, and I'm not a good pitcher. But then when it comes out that the Astros were stealing signals, and it was in Houston, and so it was very plausible that they were doing the sign stealing thing during um, uh, during this game. It they they were ripping on it, and I honestly, it's very because obviously us pundits and like the fans, like we're mm-hmm. you know talking about it, but when they're the players, especially like like you Darvish for instance was like man like I I thought I was just getting smoked out there and now like what if they were cheating against me like I and and I can't imagine being you know being like especially you Darvish unique case because there was a game 7 kind of meltdown right and I to get down on yourself for like 2 plus years that you just totally got smoked in yeah. like, in the biggest game in baseball just to find out Two years later, that they might have probably w- were cheating that whole time. I would be. I could not tell you how angry I would be. Totally. And and it's so. It is so interesting to hear. And I know you. you one of the White Sox marquee signings. I don't know if you're gonna talk about Dallas. Keuchel, I, that's what I was gonna bring up next. Yeah, yeah. His interview was garbage. That wasn't a. Yeah. It was garbage. I was gonna get to that in a couple more comments. Yeah, but since so you, you brought it up, yeah, I'll can... we'll get right to that. That wasn't. A, and I am so happy we signed him. I'm glad he's on the White Sox. But that apology he gave. Yeah. I'm throwing up the quote asterisks here. That was an apology, not apology. It's like, well, I'm sorry we got caught. Yeah. We didn't do it every game. Yeah, I swear they're good guys. One of the things was it was never intended to be what it is made to be right now. I think when stuff comes out about things that happen over the course of a major league ball season, it's always blown up to the point of, oh my gosh, this has never happened before. Mm-hmm. I, um, What was that? I, that? That sounded to me like a bunch of BS excuses yeah. and a bunch of talking when you really should be. We got caught totally red-handed and we've admitted to it. And I don't know if you're going to get this, but the Mike Fears thing. Yeah, okay. So yeah, that was so actually, can... yeah. Well, Mike Fryer's well, <laughs> introduction to that. Yeah. Um, so Kike Ladd is an apology, not an apology. And to his credit, he was the first Astros player to really come out and issue. I, it's not even, I, I hate to call it an apology, but a he statement. technically did say he was sorry. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. But we didn't do it every game and blah, sorry, blah, blah. You guys but he was the first me. Astro player to say, I am sorry for it, yes. which is kind of interesting. Um, but like I said, it was really an apology, not an apology. And Don Cooper also brought this up in his thing. Where a lot of players were ripping Mike Fryer. So it's like, hey, you know yeah. what? In the club, And I think Jessica Mendoza uh, yes. said this. It's like, hey, you know what? If you're in a clubhouse like that, it's a fraternity or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, Cooper brought up a good point. Like, a lot of these guys, it's a business. Like, you think they're not going to be together in the same locker room forever. People move. And you don't think when Friars goes to Oakland or whoever is pitching for that he's not mm-hmm. going to tell those people in the clubhouse like, hey, to give them an advantage. Like, hey, this is what they were doing over there. Yeah. They're cheating. So it's going to get out. And when people get traded, like you can't expect them all to keep it in-house. Like, well, the Astros are going to be quiet because one of them gets traded. Not even Friars, if they leave, they're going to be telling their teammates. So it's yeah. not going to – you're not getting away with anything. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what I was going to – because um, I will – let's see. He's – um. He said a lot of guys are not happy with the fact that Mike Fryer said come out saying something. And a lot of this, like, quote-unquote, bad teammate. Okay, say I'm, you know, I'm on a, a football, basketball, baseball, freaking golf team. Yeah. It doesn't matter what team you're on. If, you, if I'm on Team A and we're cheating and I go to Team B, and now Team A, who I used to play for and I know is cheating, is going to play against me. That would be a bad teammate to not alert your current 100%. Like, you're not besties. You're not brothers. You're not best friends. Like, these guys, like, as soon as he leaves, Alex Bregman, you know, Jose Altuve, they don't mean jack to him. They're just an opponent now. 
why would he not say anything? That's just a load of garbage. And for and I get like the Astros could be pissed off that they got caught and like their old buddy ratted him out. But for any like Jessica Mendoza, like I hope she loses or something over this because that's a terrible that's a take. Horrible take. It's and like, she's working in the Mets front office too, so that's yeah. kind of like it's even worse that like yeah, because now they lose their coach and there's a lot of repercussions. It's, yeah, it's not a it's not a great look. And the teammate thing, I think, is yeah, no, that yeah. that's a hundred. That's a great point. We, when when this first when this story first broke out we kind of um were conjecturing you know all these guys like to the astros like to talk a lot and now mm-hmm. we're not hearing anything from it and then as soon as alex bregman's in front of all of these microphones he, uh you know mlb they already conducted yeah, they've released the report um that's all i can say about the matter and i know a lot of guys between like these guys got real quiet as soon as yeah. it turned out that their results were not pure and that they did not they probably did not get them justly like, the one that frustrates me most is verlander who is he always yeah. runs his mouth he's always complaining about something he can kicking reporters out of the locker room yeah. i haven't heard a peep out of him this offseason steve ciszek said uh during that along with the astros topic this is throughout the week like this topic kept coming up yeah. through all these prizes that a socks thing too so that's like a big deal in baseball but steve ciszek said the cubs had a series in houston last year where, like, when they left that, there was, like, after one of the games, they all kind of, like, yeah, we suspect something's going on. Yeah. So he said him and Contreras came up with a really, like, he went over with all the pitchers, and they came up with a, a quote-unquote, foolproof system to try and switch up the sign to, like, the third game. Because they were leaving there, like, yeah, something's definitely going on. Because I yeah. believe, if I remember correctly, they lost, like, three close games in that series. Yeah. Or two, like, and it was, like, yeah, it was a really tight series that they, yeah. they barely lost. Um, yeah, so moving on from there, what fun nugget besides yeah. the, Kurt Haslam, or uh, yeah, Kurt Haslam, the uh, pitching coach for the Chicago White Sox. He's a Bradley Brave alum. He's a pitching Grace coach. these very halls. He was the pitching what coach for the White major? Sox. He used to go. Uh, here he uh, he used to pitch in the MLB. I don't know what his major was, but I called him off stage. I was like, "Hey, Mr. Haslam, I go to Bradley too." He's like, "Oh, nice to meet a fellow Brave." I'm like, "Hey, you ever stopped by uh, Cruisins down uh, down at Bradley?" He's like, "Uh, no comment on that one." So, um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, good, good you know, sense maybe of humor he was there. In a Harper or something like that. He could have been. I yeah, he didn't seem like he was in a very talkative mood. But that's yeah. kind of nice. Another thing we haven't talked about on the podcast, but this is a sweeping change in the MLB, was the new three batter rule that used to speed up the pace of play. Yes. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, the MLB just instated because you'll have the times where like the manager will come out, pull the pitcher, he'll come in, face one batter, and they'll yeah, pull like him the again for the lefty lefty yeah. matchup or whatever. And now you have to face as a reliever a minimum of three batters. So I was one of the questions like you get the chance to. Uh, they had one with um, Rick Renteria, who's a manager. So I was asking him about like just kind of how he manages the bullpen because I think he's made some suspect decisions <laughs> with it this year. But he's saying like, yeah, this is gonna be a big thing with managers because now you gotta have guys that you can trust in a lot of high like leverage situations. Like, hey, yeah. you because you he's saying, like, yeah, I could put a guy in that's going to be facing three lefties, but the manager could be see that and then just pull a guy off his bench and be like, yeah. oh, now I'm going to put two righties in here, and now he has to face them no matter what. Yeah. So there's a big chess match going on there. A lot of players weren't happy about it. Aaron Bummer, Nebraska alum, go big red. He's <laughs> like, I, I don't like that. It's changing an already perfect game. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, on the matter, I will say. One thing, and obviously I am a fan. I, you know, I don't know. I don't have the analytics that the MLB has because because this this league is is going so much in that direction of like statistics, analytics, you know, spin rate, blah blah blah. You know, uh, um, oh, what's it? Launch angle, yeah, stuff like that. Um, where I have seen, and I can see the side where you have a guy who like is a good reliever, but he may have pitched in the recent days. 
and he may have he might just not be that good overall and you could be like all right like we got in we have a matchup right here you're gonna go in there we trust you to get an out and then you're gonna go because and then we're gonna put in like our setup man or something like that where it's no now we're not gonna have that anymore you have you have to gonna you're gonna have to trust a dude to go to go three batters um which i will say there's been a lot of times and this can be totally knee-jerk fan reactions where you you a guy's doing well, and then you just yank him. Like, mm-hmm. he could be... He's in a good situation. Yank him after one or two batters, and then the next guy comes in and gets lit up. Yeah. And it's like, dude, just leave him in. Like, I understand, like, the splits and stuff. But then there comes there comes to be a point where it's just a competitive standpoint of this guy's here to compete. This guy's got that feeling. He's feeling good. Leave him in the ball game. And that you know? was... Yeah. And that was really... Well, that was a question I asked him. It was like, hey, when you're handling your bullpen... Uh, are you more of a manalytics guy or an analytics guy? Like, if a guy's just struck out two, but you got the lefty yeah, lefty exactly. matchup coming in, like, what's your thought process on it? And he's like, well, I mean, now he's like, because the White Sox have long had this stereotype where they don't use analytics, yeah. and they were really pushing back on it because yeah. like, they had to use like, well, you know, people don't think oh, you don't use analytics, and that's fine. Fact of the matter is, we do, but sometimes you just gotta, you know, you just gotta trust your gut on these things. And especially now, he said like it's a whole new ball game with the three pitcher rule. Yeah. So you really can't rely on it anymore. You're gonna have to, you gotta leave the guy in, uh, regardless of it. You might have to have him uh, go multiple innings too. So it's kind of nice to have a do it all uh, as reliever. A, as a fan perspective, though, I like it. It's you know, yeah. it's, it it takes away some of the chess match. Um, I guess, but it's a pretty minuscule um, aspect of the the game of baseball, in my opinion. When it comes to like, because like another change that uh, like is robotic arms into DH, yeah. which I think is compared to this, they are way bigger. Um, then yeah, this and, is kind of a small. And so thing, that's yeah. where it's like, as a fan, like I don't think it it taints anything. And I, and dude, I, I am all for baseball games not being as long as they currently are because they can get them. They have been getting longer. A couple yes. more things as far as the specific Chicago teams. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, uh, catcher who was just signed. The Grandal effect is real in Chicago. And I swear, you could not listen to a seminar or, or without Yasmani Grandal being Ooh. brought up and how much of an impact he's made already. So apparently Rick Hahn, when they were signing him, um, before they had the meeting with him, he asked for like a scouting report and like intel slash video footage on uh, like all their, all their pitchers or whatever, like all the relievers or whatever. So then they had their face-to-face meeting. It was over the uh, G- GM meetings, but they did it at a separate hotel, sneakily, so no reporters would catch on to it. Then after the meeting, he reached out, Grandal reached out to them, and he's like, all right, I want this, this, and this on Giolito, like on the, on the starters again. They wanted like a couple more like videotape things. Um, and that is basically what brought him to the south side. But the man does a ton of uh, pre-work. And Steve Shishak, who's one of my favorite guys to talk to during the thing, he was very talkative. He said he already played catch with them. He's like, yeah. He took me like after one of the, after the first day. Uh, we are, we already were playing catch, and he's like, yeah. I like the way uh, you throw this, but I think I'm gonna set up here. Uh, and then he's apparently he said he liked the way Wilson, people knock on Wilson Contreras' defense. But according to Grandal, he's like, yeah, I like the way uh, Wilson Contreras was catching you. I'm just gonna tweak this, this, and this the way he set up. So go. that was interesting, and he's a pretty good hitter too. That's gonna be a really dangerous lineup, uh, I yeah. think, heading into this year. Final thing, and this is more up your alley, I think. The little brother effect with the Cubs was very much on display. Yeah. And like Sox saying, it's like, and I am a full believer that I think the White Sox are going to be better than the Cubs this year. I was riding this bandwagon last year. However, I think a lot of Sox fans, you, you still feel the fact that like, oh man, we're, we're, we're the, 
the second team because they, they had to keep constantly bring him up. It was like almost like an insecurity thing. Yeah. yeah. Like where if you grow bigger than your young, you're like your uh, younger brother and you could like technically beat him up. And he's like, well, he's still my older brother. So I don't want to like, and yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what it felt like. No. Yeah. Eloy Jimenez is asked, what was his favorite home run of the year? Cubs. And they ask him why. He's like, oh, you, you guys know why. And it's like, what's the team you want to uh, beat most? No more Mazar. They asked this. And he goes, well, it used to be the Astros who played in, uh, uh, but he's like now. Now it's gonna be uh, the white or the uh, Cubs, which is kind of weird because they're not even in his division. Yeah, it's like so. Uh, it, they they were constantly being <laughs> brought up throughout the week, which I just thought kind of. Yeah, was. no, I I I still see that because it's 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 because I'm a big you know Twitter guy, and so that's where I get a lot of my like news, and I follow a lot of people um, who are like general Chicago like sports fans. Um, for like the Blackhawks, Cubs, but they also follow the White Sox and like Barstool Chicago um, is like a big thing, and they follow all you know Chicago sports. And it's, so I get both sides' perspectives on all this stuff. And so it's like Dallas Keuchel comes up, and the Cubs fans are like, "Oh, that's interesting. A free agent signing happened today." Yeah. And the White Sox are like, "Oh my good!" And obviously they signed the players, so like they obviously care more. But like, oh, you know, we're taking over Chicago, baby. And then like the Yasmani Grandal thing happened, and I said it before, I was like, "Oh." Good thing the Cubs won't face him anymore. And the White Sox are like, World Series 2020. It's like, all right, you know, like, <laughs> I understand the level. There are levels to this. I just want Chris Bryant's grievance to be filed, man. Like, I don't really pay attention. But, yeah, no, it's, that is interesting. That is interesting that he said the Cubs, though. Yeah. Do the White Sox have, like, a natural rival? I would say the biggest is the Royals. Um, well, see, yeah, especially like the Tim probably Anderson. In the, yeah, well, Tim Anderson, he said that too. Tim Anderson, I, I swear with Javi Baez and Tim Anderson, you won't find a pair of cooler shortstops, yeah. I, I think. like they, They're both like, uh, Javi is more like bold about it, where Tim's kind of quiet when he talks, and then he's loud how he plays in the field. Yeah. Well, Javi's kind of like both. He's very, like, yeah. m- much more um, flamboyant, I guess you could say. But uh, Tim, like, yeah, they mentioned, like, they brought up Brad Kelly. He's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I throw, I'm going to throw my bat again if it happens. I'm not scared of anyone. Yeah. They asked him, well, what about Brad Kelly? Like, I, don't, I don't care about Brad Kelly. He doesn't play with us. Yeah. They like, screwed Brad Kelly. So that was cool. And then they prevented him, presented him with his uh, batting title. And his big thing, he loves saying this. He's like, yeah, man, you got to be different to win one of these. Anyone going to win an All-Star, you got to be different. Be We're different. different. His big thing would be different. Dang. So. Good different, for you, Timmy. Different animal, but the same beast. It's true. They're a very likable team. They got a lot of likable personalities. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that Jose Abreu and Yohan Moncada are trying to learn English. Yeah. Because Abreu couldn't speak a lick of it these past couple socks I've been to. And he was singing God Bless America halfway through. He said his goal is to sing the seventh inning stretch at a game. And Yohan's picking country. up English, too. Yeah. Yohan's Jack, too. God Bless America. The man had a handshake and it was yeah. like a vice. It was Dude, like, it's, it's wild meeting like athletes because you like see them. And it's so funny how like. We th- especially the NBA is the biggest one because yeah. the height. But you think someone's small because they're like so- six four, right. and all the other guys are like six seven. You know, and then you like meet them, and like my five eleven six foot uh-huh. body, I'm like, oh my goodness, this man is this man is a lot bigger than I experienced. Their young prospect Luis Robert was very shy all week, but that man, he's only two years older than us. Yeah. massive. Yeah, it's like holy shit. What have you been eating, man? Yeah. Um, Anyway, moving on. It's Super Bowl football. week. Football. Yeah. We to talk some football. We didn't get the chance to do uh, the previous week. Quick recap of the uh, oh, yes. championship games. The uh, yes. 49ers, uh, they kind of waxed the Packers. The score looked closer than the game was. Raheem yeah, Moser and... scored four touchdowns, and Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight times. Yeah. So that is wild. Uh, Packers made a little bit of a comeback. Too little, too late in yeah, the Yeah, they're, they're doing their best, but like you said. They, then the uh... Titans and Chiefs game was close in the first half. 
And Titans really just could not uh, hang yeah. with them in the second half. My biggest problem with the Titans was they could not get a pass rush on them, and they were rushing three guys. Yeah. You can't let Mahomes sit back. The final of that one was 35-24. Yeah, I think they yeah. scored the touchdown late. They um, did, and they had a chance at the onside, so it wasn't like a garbage time touchdown per se, but yeah. like it was... Uh, they would have to get like a touchdown, two-point conversion. Yeah, field the goal. Chiefs were in control of the game for this whole second half. And this was really... This is really the Patrick Mahomes show. And I, I, cause I, um, I was watching, uh, with my girlfriend, Gabby, and she's from Kansas city. So she's rooting for the chiefs. And I bet, and, and you know what, you know, for those of you out there, it's a pretty rare occurrence that you will end up dating someone who is a, who is a fan of a sports team that you don't like. At least it's not the Raiders, but when it comes to second... Is she look, a Royals fan, too? Is she anti she, she She does not like baseball. She thinks it's very boring. <laughs> which, yeah, she says she just said, please don't ever make me go to a baseball game. She's like, I'll watch football, I'll go to a Broncos game, but never make me watch baseball. <laughs> I said, honestly, that's fair. Um, but yeah, and so she said, but I put, but I bet $10 on the Chiefs. So I was rooting for them. There you go. Because then I want money. Um, that makes the games yeah. a lot more interesting when you put some money down. Exactly. There. And so she's rooting for the Chiefs. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Also, the person, Seth, who who put $10 on the Titans, if you listen to this, you're stupid. Because, you know, it could be a close game, but I would never put money on the Titans to win this one. That was, yeah. That, is, that, was, that was an was, ill-advised that bet. That was an ill-advised bet. Um, but, and, I, I mean, she's watching, and she was like, and she was talking about the phenomenon, and this is leading to a bigger point, that, like, in Kansas City, um, the commercials, like you can't, you can't watch TV for an hour without seeing like eight Patrick Mahomes commercials. <laughs> he like it. he does toothpaste, he does car commercials, like he does everything. And honestly, after he, after this game, and after um, it shortly came out after that, um, um, he overpassed Tom Brady in NFL merchandise sales. Like it's click this. Is, this Super Bowl, because I, I don't know who's going to win this game. I'm putting my money on the Niners, but it's very plausible that the Chiefs are going to win. Um, th- this If he wins the Super Bowl, I definitely believe that this would be like his like taking step into being the face of the National Football League. Because the things that that twenty five yard touchdown run or whatever oh at the God, end of, that, that was, was insane. Nice. I, yeah. There has not been a player in the NFL in a decent amount of time that could pull off like a, such an electric play like that. And just and the eighty whatever yard touchdown no it wasn't that long but the long touchdown to ice the game on a dime yeah and some of the plays that this man makes because like Lamar Jackson he runs the ball very well but the fact that Patrick Mahomes can he can do everything I mean th- this man he is going to quickly become the face of the NFL uh, in the coming years. But as for the Niners' point, um, they the thing about the Niners that scares me and after the Broncos, the, the reason I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl, um, because if after 2013, when the Broncos played the Seahawks and we got waxed in that Super Bowl, yeah. I will. I'm whoever has the better defense, I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl. Like you can, the Broncos' offense that year was historically amazing. He threw fifty-five touchdowns. Yeah, that year. That's all you need to know. We had and we scored eight points in the Super Bowl because their that Seahawks defense, the Legion of Boom, when they were in their prime, was outstanding. And that's why, like you know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and I definitely think that he can, he can, he can work away his way into a Chiefs Super Bowl championship. And the Chiefs defense is no joke, but. I mean, this Niners mm-hmm. defense is scary good. Uh, Nick Bosa was everywhere this game. Um, their pass rush was fantastic. Aaron Rodgers looked flustered. And the first half really kind of showed you what can happen in the Super Bowl. 
well, before I get into the 49ers, going back to the commercial point, it's really funny because we always rip on Baker Mayfield for doing all the commercials. And I think that's because we see him nationally. When Patrick yeah. Mahomes sounds like he's doing just as many, if not more, yeah. Yeah. you never hear a word about him because he is winning. It's just he throws funny a lot of touchdowns. how that works. But good for him, man. I mean, I would take advantage of it too if I'm Did going I out like that. Cut a check from Crest Toothpaste. He to threw a, a touchdown. I think it was. I think it was probably Tyree Kill. So he threw two to Tyreek and one to Sammy. Wow. He threw one over the seam. It was their first touchdown, or it was like, wow, that was a bullet. That was a nice. Yeah. That was a nice throw uh, he just made. Um, but I would agree with you. Uh, I think the good defense is probably going to be the good offense. Now Patrick yeah. Mahomes is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, you have that's... him. You're always in the game. Yes. So it, it's a tough one to pick. I think we're going to be in for an exciting Super Bowl. But the fact that the 49ers won by only having to throw eight passes yes. was so impressive to me. Like that, people don't. In today's NFL, like the Jimmy G is no scrub either. Like yeah. that, that just shows how dominating they were up front on both ends. Like they dominated the trenches on both ends of that game. Yeah. Uh, offensive side, their their offensive line doesn't get a whole lot of credit. But yeah. Raheem Moser, I mean, good for him. I mean, the, the, he ran for four touchdowns, but there's a reason he's been cut by so many teams. Yeah. He's not yeah. a world beater running back. Like he's yeah. solid, and I'm happy for him, but. That offensive line is making him look a lot better than yeah. I think he is. And then a defensive end, like Joey Boza might be the best rookie uh, out yeah. of that draft class. Uh, you got Buckner, you got Armstead. They yeah, were getting pressure with only four guys. They weren't blitzing any linebackers. And then the secondary is unreal. You got Richard yeah. Sherman back there. I mean, it's it's tough. Yeah. Like It's tough anywhere you look. And I would argue that this defense, especially in today's day and age, where you have to get to the quarterback because yes. the quarterback has time. A receiver is going to find a way to get open. It doesn't matter how yeah. good the coverage is. But you, you still got that secondary plus the, this front. They they might be up there talent-wise the Legion of Boom. I think the last five – I don't remember. I should have screenshotted the tweet when I saw it. But, but I believe the last five times that a team with 55-plus sacks has been in the Super Bowl, they've won it. Yeah, I think the last it would team, not surprise me. Yeah, because yeah, like we just said, I mean, name of the game is a quarterback. If you can sack him, we can't. If he's uncomfortable in the pocket, you will win Bingo. the football game. Aaron Rodgers, pretty good quarterback, wouldn't you say? Very good. quarterback. He did not want to step up in the pocket yeah. at all. He was not about to take that heat. Yeah, uh, and he looked flustered the whole game. He was yeah. overthrowing through people. There's routine throws that he just simply couldn't make, and I think that's due to that pass rush. Now Mahomes is a lot younger, um, so I, I think they'll be able to put up points. But uh, that 49ers defense is going to be really tough. And yeah. people people are always forgetting Jimmy G is a winner. Like, yeah. That guy has won everywhere he goes. Yeah. So people quit, keep knocking him. I, I don't get where all the hate's coming from just because yeah. he threw eight passes. Um, he and, and the other thing, too, that is like a lot of people are going to forget about this is it ain't in Kansas City. No, nope. you know, it's not in the, it's not in Ninerville. I know. Very either. corporate crowd at these. Super yeah. Bowls. And so, you know, there's not going to people are going to cheer when something happens. So like you'll get the Chiefs will get some cheer because Patrick Mahomes is very popular, um, but uh, but yeah, and then th- this was not planned. Oh, are we? I mean, I don't. As far as these games go, I really don't have much to say for the Niners, Packers, and the Chiefs, Titans. The better no. team won. The Titans put up won. an impressive fight. Tannehill, you know, he's a free agent. I hope he gets paid somewhere because he he showed you know that he's got a little something left in the tank. And the Super Bowl. You got an amazing defense versus one of the best quarterbacks in the I have league. a feeling people are going to be a lot more entertained than last year. Yes. Then, I hope, yeah, I I hope there safe. are 16. I will gander that there will be more than 16 total points in this Super Bowl. I'll be honest. I didn't mind the last Super Bowl. 
but I, I think this one will be yeah. much more entertaining. I would the safe money is on that it'll go over sixteen. I would bet too. The only the only safe bet of this game is take the over. I, I would yeah. think. Uh, you got two pretty pretty yeah. good offenses. But um, I mean, when it comes to Niners, they got the defense, and if Raheem Moster is gonna rush for two hundred and twenty yards and average six point six seven point six yards, seven point six. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's and, a lot. and especially, like, we see that, you know, like, Debo Samuel averaged 21 and a half. Whoop-de-doo. But the man ran 29 times, and he averaged 7 and a half yards. That's insane. If you're going to do that, you're going to win a football game. I don't care who you play. You can put, you know, whoever back at quarterback, and you will win if you average 7 and a half yards of carry. And Tevin Coleman, it'll be interesting to see his injury status. But uh, from the looks of it, he should be back. I yes. would think it's the Super Bowl. I think he's going to try and play, and he's yeah. always a factor. He scored a Super Bowl, or he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl the last time he was in one yeah. uh, with the Falcons. So uh, that'll help, too, because you kind of got that two-headed monster yeah. uh, back there. And a quick a quick little rant. I did not inform my co-host I was going to be making this pre, pre-shoot, so I'll get his raw reactions. All right. But there are... There are there are some there are some uh, news in the in the recent media concerning one Antonio Brown. Oh um, yes, yes, and we're gonna get talking, but this is going to leave a, a bigger point. Now the man is off his rocker. I don't know what he's doing. I honestly couldn't tell you. It's gotten to the point where it's not really funny anymore. It's kind of sad because he's a top three NFL wide receiver. You know, or one, top three wide receiver in the NFL when he's not doing what he's doing, which is currently. Uh, checking into a court daily due to an arrest warrant with the recently. suicide vest on. Yes, while he appeared in court. Yes, um, and it's got like I, we've you know obviously like his shenanigans with the Raiders was one thing where like it's be, the Patriots and whoever they're gonna like oh like we'll take we'll take uh we'll, we'll take a chance on this man uh, because you know he's got some locker room issues. But when it comes to this point, it really I can't really see a future in which he will be back in the NFL. No. Um, and. And then so there's, you know, he gets a lot of, he's getting a lot of flack for that. Um, And there are some other receivers that have been in the news recently. One of which was Odell Beckham Jr., who uh, this whole shenanigans with the the LSU Tigers after the the national championship where he like slapped the butt of a cop, which is dumb. And there was like a police warrant out for him. Um, And uh, and that's what I want to focus on. Odell Beckham Jr. because he's been in the news a lot and he's got a lot of talk. A lot there's a lot of you know undisputed, you know first take. Oh, you know he's a he's a he's a negative, um, you know role uh, role model I guess yeah. or something like that. Um, but then there's another receiver that was not really in the news because one Julian Edelman jumped on drunkenly got arrested for jumping on top of a car and I just. It infuriates me because I have never been an Odell Beckham Jr. hater. I think he does a lot of dumb stuff. I think he's a very emotional player on the sidelines like we saw with the New York Giants and with the Cleveland Browns, and he gets a lot of hate. But the fact that we didn't hear a peep out of the media, and honestly, it happened, and then it was forgotten about that Julian Edelman actually got arrested after being suspended for PEDs is so it will tell you so much about the NFL that this man Odell Beckham Jr. he has done nothing wrong. Was he done something stupid? Sure, there was an arrest warrant, which makes it sound bad. But if you looked at the video, it was really there are levels to this, and a lot of cops were saying that they have the, they have the right to not press charges or to press charges, and you have to do it by the severity of the incident, whether you choose to or to not press. And this cop, you know, 
It was clearly a hard O. The reason he was in the locker room is because they were smoking cigars in there after winning the national championship. And that was just one thing that I thought so tells you a lot about the NFL. And also in the NFL, oh, they're partnering with um, Jay-Z. And this, they're, they're defending a, on a, a black man that was um, wrongly arrested or something of that sort. And it's a, huh, gee, I feel like this is familiar. You know, police discrimination and uh, abuse of power by the police. Wasn't there some guy who was protesting about that a couple years ago, and he couldn't get a job, and then there's this whole sham of a workout. Dude, the hypocrisy in the NFL and the hypocrisy in a lot of the people covering the NFL has, you know, it hasn't been exposed, really, because people know what's going on. But the fact that it's just flying by nowadays, it's insane to me. Yeah, that's my right, two well, cents. Well, I, I would say, well, with Antonio Brown, he's brought up all the time in the media because it's a pattern. Yeah. It's happened multiple times. And I think with Odell, it's also been a pattern because this isn't his first incident. He had the cocaine pizza with the hooker in Paris, which was questionable. He had the boat trip before the playoff game. Questionable. That is not doing anything wrong. Here, I, I, I would say with this, was slapping the cop in the ass bad? <laughs> yes. I mean, it was stupid, but it's not, it's not the end of the world. The yes. cops dropped the charges. But the fact that he's going along the sideline and he was clearly intoxicated oh, the yeah. whole time. Oh yeah, they were they were not they, they were repeating the, the night back for him with all these videos. Yeah, not not a <laughs> yeah for sure. Well, it's not a great look for your current organization. Then he's on the field handing out money to the college athletes, which I'm fine with paying college athletes, but that's kind of a big no no, especially when you're doing it on camera. Because that program LSU that you went to and you're supposedly uh, supporting now all of a sudden that's going to affect them in the future. Because now he's seeing there's they have video evidence of you handing out pl- cash to players, so that's that could potentially affect LSU and your school long down the road. Like that's not like a minor thing. That has some major implications. He like it was, teams it, get the it, death penalty for that. He, he was ha- he was handing out to players who are done, the seniors like Joe Burrow. He ain't Supposedly. coming back to LSU. Well, that was the, the other D, dumb the thing. DB, he was handing out an coming back. By Joe Burrow, that whole interview he did, where he's like, well, I'm not a student athlete anymore. Yeah, I took it. I mean, that that's that I wouldn't have said that either, because once again, it doesn't look great for your program, because it's going to be investigated. And when the NCAA investigates, they find something. So I don't think that was a great look. But then with Julian Edelman, I mean, yeah, was it dumb, but that was his really first occurrence. Like in the line, and it was like something just, minor. Well, well, it's because, well, it's because so, it, when it comes to scrutiny and how the media looks at these players, oh no, Beckham Jr.'s got a microscope on him. If he did PEDs and got suspended, people would be coming for this man's throat. I Julian feel like Adelman the, did it, and no one even cares. And then he got arrested for actually doing something wrong, and no one even cares. But as soon as Obel, Odell Beckham Jr. cop slaps a cop's ass. Well, they were both. Then, now we're gonna I mean, come really, for his throat. Really, now we're gonna. Now we're gonna arrested. cancel him. They were both arrested for the same thing. They were both intoxicated and did something stupid. Oh, Od- Odell Beckham Jr. playfully slapped the cops. Uh, uh, Julian Edelman did made property damage to a car. All right. Well, fair enough. He's got enough money to I pay mean, it off. I mean, there's no real point think... to be made. I think people are aware of the antics of the NFL. But I just thought that was... I mean, the NFL is bad. Uh, and I think the Jay-Z thing is just a total sham. It's so it's, garbage. It's, but as far as trying to connect the dots between Odell getting arrested for slapping ass and uh, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick is protest, I think it's a little bit of a reach. 
I don't here, think so. But... I think there's a clear reason why OBJ is under. Well, because he's a bigger. I think he's a bigger person. Like, who's gonna move the needle more when you're talking about him? That's fair. Like, if he was playing well, you're still gonna be talking about OBJ more than well, you'd be talking about Julian Edelman. He's a lot more interesting. People like fair. interesting. Like, that's fair. you know. But it doesn't change the. It doesn't change the reasoning why. Why what? Why why uh like or if it's right or wrong if he should be under scrutiny? Well, I think he, I, he does, definitely does earned the, it. It gets the retweets, but. Well, I think he he's earned some scrutiny. Oh, I forgot to add that the the way the NFL does their awards is probably the most disorganized and dumbest thing you can ever you can think about. The MVP hasn't been named yet, and the Super Bowl is in like five days. And frankly, we always get to this point where like people debate about the MVP, and then people kind of forgot. Or forget that it's even happening anymore. Like Lamar Jackson hasn't played a football game in like two weeks, and he's probably gonna get honored for being the best player in the NFL, dude. If if it's so dumb, and the, and they don't take into fact the playoffs and all that, and so the fact that they're gonna talk about you know the defensive player of the year and like the rookie of the year and the defensive, yeah. it's like I don't no know one cares anymore. Factor in the playoffs though for like yeah. the awards. Like I'm fine with you handing out like for baseball, Mike Trout always wins it and they they, they don't make the playoffs. But it's like well clearly he's the most valuable member yeah. on his team. Fine. But like I feel like the playoffs should definitely have some factor in it because most valuable uh, most valuable player, I think. Yeah. When you're leading a team to the Super Bowl single handedly like Mahomes, like Yeah, like it, at this point if you it. if you you should any self respecting NFL fan who actually follows the league should to answer that if you the most valuable player in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes, and yeah. it's not, and it's not particularly close. No. There are players who put up great numbers, had great seasons. I Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey maybe, but like Russell Wilson too. But like, dude, it's you you watching the play in the playoffs when it's big boy hours and. You can clearly tell who the best player in the NFL is, and that's just yeah. And the, and the, my thing is too is it's so late. It's like who cares anymore? We're just ready to hear the Super Bowl, and then NFL's over. I don't think many people care to begin with. I mean, let's be honest. Who wants to watch an award show hosted by Steve Harvey? He's like, doing it. Yeah. No one wants to listen to Steve Harvey again. And he's gonna roast someone for something. I don't think he's that funny. He had a bit called "Steve Don't Shot the Baby." That's all you need to know about. Steve Don't Shot the Baby. Not gonna lie, that bit was actually kind of funny, but it was incredibly stupid. And the bottom line is, but that was probably I shouldn't have brought that one up because that was a funny bit. But he's he's (laughs) not funny. He's He's not not funny funny, despite the fact he had whatever you know. And he he was funny once. He was yeah, but he's not funny. Any clown can get lucky once. Hey, any uh, any clock is right. Broken clocks are right twice a day. That's true. Is that true? What if they're? Never I don't mind. think it is right twice a day. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I want to hear you. You're a rap enthusiast. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts. Oh, the Grammys? Wanna... No, not the Grammys. Who gives them? Did you watch the Grammys? No, they're stupid. Neither and do they're I. Didn't watch, I didn't watch the Grammys either. Tim Anderson. I asked him what his walk-up song would be. He's like, I don't know. It's gonna be something dope. I'm thinking. Uh... Oh, fuck. Why did I just blank on the name? Hold up, hold up. I just Stick Talk by Future. No, oh, that would actually be good. Yeah. No, it like, would be... Uh, it was, uh, throws his bat. Something to Prove by Lil Baby. You ever oh, heard I that song? I haven't heard that song. I do like Lil Baby, though, so I'll probably like it. So, yeah, maybe. There you go. Lil Baby. But yeah, they... <laughs> Check it out. Give dumb. And the news of this week was that Kawhi Leonard was at a strip club. Wow, well, I think that you... That was news this week. Yes. He has a fiance. I'm sure she wasn't too pleased about that. The she look on his face. He has the same look all the time. He didn't look very happy no. to be at a strip club. Did you know he has two kids? 
No, you never hear about them. Yeah. Witness protection. Yeah, they might. They're probably robots or aliens, or both. That's all we have for you. <laughs> We're ending on, on this, this strong note. Of the dorm That's a hot take. Kawhi Leonard has robot children. Robot that children. Is, that is how we're going to end it. The Sox pitching coach graced these halls. It's I know. Really, Beckham Jr. slapped an ass, some ass. And well, Kawhi was also slapping ass. And Tyree Kill was slapping kids. All right, that's and all. And he's a girlfriend. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next time.